This morning, as we uh, again start a new year, uh, we will be going back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to be reading 1 Chronicles 17, verses 1 through 15. And if you're using a Pew Bible, it is found on page 652. 1 Chronicles 17, 1 to 15. After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a palace of cedar, while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Nathan replied to David, Whatever you have in mind, do it, for God is with you. That night, the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I have moved from one tent site to another, from one dwelling place to another. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their leaders whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name like the names of the greatest men of the earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own, and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel." I will also subdue all your enemies. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. When your days are over and you go to be with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him, as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time, at the beginning of this new year, to worship you and to praise you. We'll take a look back a little later on at last year, and now we're focusing on the year that lies ahead. 
But Lord, we do this with singing and with praying, with hearing your word. And I pray that this entire time of worship and praise may shape us and form us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken now, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, we've come together this morning to, uh, to start off the new year. I know New Year's Day was yesterday, but we kind of figured that since we came to church for new year, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Sunday, and then New Year's Eve, and today that maybe it was a little bit much to ask you to come three days in a row, two weeks in a row. Um, I know we've had this before in our family, and uh, at some point, even the pastor's kids would say, okay, all right already, enough's enough. And, um, but it's good to take some time at the beginning of the year, whether it's on the first or the second or the third, to kind of reflect back and say, wow, it was good. Um, it wasn't the easiest year, it was a strange year, but uh, when you look ahead, we, we always start with a glass half full. Now, it may be a little bit of a colder glass this year right now, but we look forward with optimism and with hope and, and excitement and anticipation, and well, at least I do anyway. Um, I'm always that, that, that eternal optimist because God is working and he's always at work, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of us kind of getting a, a, an idea and, and seeing glimpses of what God's at work and then saying, okay, God, let's jump in with both feet and we'll join you in what you're doing. And that's the exciting part of, of standing at the beginning of a new year because the opportunities are endless and, and they're there and we get excited. Now this morning we're going to focus on King David a little bit and on his desire to build a temple for God's ark. Now God's ark is, is this casket or this um, creation that God created, had Israel build in the wilderness and it was a box and they put in the Ten Commandments in there and later on they put some manna in there and Aaron's rod that had sprouted flowers and and. It was built of, of, of wood and it was built to be carried. It was not built to be stayed in one spot. And they built a tabernacle around it as well. This beautiful, amazing tent uh, that could be picked up as they wandered, as, they, as it ended up for 40 years in the wilderness. Now on this ark was, were two angels and they were facing each other and, and their wings came over their heads and met over top. And, and the idea was that under those wings, between those angels, above the, the law of God, that God would meet with his people. And that's why it was placed in a tabernacle, a place that became a, like a sacred place, a portable temple. But now they're in the promised land and the ark had been captured and now David had brought it back into Israel and, and then David had brought the ark into Jerusalem and David's built his own palace and his own castle and, and, and he's taking care of his friends and now he's sitting and he looks out his window and he says, hey, there's a tent there and God's ark's in there. And wait a minute, I'm in this beautiful palace and... 
God sitting in a tent? Nah, that's, that's not right. Because what kings did in that time was once they got themselves all established, they would then build these beautiful temples to their gods because they believed their gods were the ones who allowed them to become king and ruler. And David, a man of his time, says, I'm going to build a temple for God. And he goes to the prophet Nathan, and Nathan, he shares his idea, and Nathan goes, whoa, so cool. I just look at how excited we were when we did a renovation, never buying building something brand new. We were excited, and when we got in, we were going, wow, God has blessed us so much. And we have. Last year, we were worshiping New Year's in, uh, in the funeral home. Thank you, Wilsons. We really appreciate it. But it's really nice to be in our own place at the start of this new year. And David's excited, and, and, but like it's when we do something big sometimes for God, we get into planning, and, and we get these ideas, and, and we start pulling together resources and everything else, and, and then sometimes it doesn't go quite the way it goes. We hope it goes, and we all then go back, and I know at least in my own ministry and in churches I've been, we go, why did it not work? And then we start praying and saying, God, what happened? And then we see that God has a different idea, a different direction, a different focus for us. Well, David's planning, he's excited, Nathan's excited, and, but they never turn to God. They just kind of are doing this all in their own strength, their own ideas, their own wisdom, their own, their own everything. And, and God says, okay, um, I'm just going to put a pause on this for a bit. He shows up to Nathan in a dream and says, hey, great idea, guys, but really not what, not what I'm looking for. I, I, a tent was good enough for me for 40 years. Like, what do I need a building for? And then you get into the Psalms and everything else, and it talks about, like, the earth is just a footstool for God. So, like, a building's not going to hold God anyway, though it's nice to remind us, you know, as you drive by a church, a temple, that, yeah, God is part of this community, but, but that's more to help us than it is to, to really say, God, this is your place, this is where you live. And that's what I love about the New Testament. We'll get into that a little bit later in that the New Testament moves away from buildings to people. So Nathan is going and, and, and he's getting this vision, this dream, and, and God's saying, you know what? I don't need a house. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've done for David. I've taken him from, from being a shepherd and I've made him a king. And, and you know what? I'm going to focus on David. I'm going to focus on building his house so that as he rules, as he's faithful to me, that he's building the house of Israel. He's building the nation of Israel. He's providing a place of safety, a place where, where people can build their homes and raise their families and they can worship me and they can, they can follow me and they can be my people. God says, but I'm going to do the building here. I'm going to focus on building people. David's line, David's house. I'm going to focus on building my people, the people of Israel. You know, so, so all these plans for, uh, for, for this temple, you know, you're just, you're just going to have to kind of put them aside. The next king, his son, David's son, he'll build it, but, but nope, not, uh, not David. 
Now imagine Nathan having to come to David saying, hey, <laughs> great ideas, king. Like, you know, you're amazing. You're a wonderful king. You're wise and, and you're powerful and everything else. But God says, no, no, you can't build my temple. Imagine the, what's going on in David, how, how, how much of hurt. David has been a good king. That's what you get when you read Chronicles, especially. See, Chronicles is different from Samuel and, and the book of Kings, first and two, in that the Chronicles look at the good kings, and they look at, at how they were faithful, and how they were good to God, and obedient, and, and how they did things for God, and for God's people. That's why Chronicles... Chronicles focuses on a lot of different things than Kings and, and Samuel. But, but David, David's going, oh, man, I wish I could. I really wish I could. See, God's priorities are often different from ours. That's what the, Chronicles, the writer of Chronicles reminds us. God's all about his people. That's why at Sinai, he spends time there. They, they stay there for a number of months. When you read in Exodus, you read about their time at Sinai, you go, oh yeah, they must have been there a couple of weeks or whatever. They're there for months and months and months. Because in that time, God gives them the Ten Commandments, but he also gives them a whole way of living with each other and living with him. Because God's focus is on shaping them shaping them to become a people that is going to be a blessing to all the nations of the world. To be a people who are going to have different priorities, different focus, a different way of living with each other. And, and God says, I'm all about you. You first. I'm all about people. I'm not about stuff. Ultimately, everything belongs to God anyway. So what does he want with our stuff for? But he wants us to truly be his people. And he wants to provide for us. So we, that's what we uh, reflected on, on on New Year's Eve was how God is a great and powerful God. We, you look back at his mighty acts. That's why we read the whole of scripture. We, we read how, how God never gives up and, and how God does amazing things. How many, how many nations get put into to slavery for 400 years and then... Uh, God sends Moses and, and takes them out, shapes them into a people. And they're in their own land and then they get exiled again for, for 70 years and, and then they come back and nations just don't recover from that. But God is always there, always saving his people, providing for his people, always building them up again, even when they messed up. Now, later in chapter 28, we discover why God chose David's son to build the temple instead of, of himself. David shares with his officials at that time. Now, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it, but God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name, because you are a warrior and have shed blood. 
and, and I had to think about that one for a while because when I think about the temple, I think about the sacrifices that God gave the, uh, the Israelites to do. There's a whole lot of blood involved. You got all these sacrifices of, of, of atonement and that where, where, where sheep and goats and pigeons would be, would be sacrificed and then the blood would be scattered on the people. God shed a lot of blood in saving his people. And you wonder, what's going on here that David, who with the power and the leading of God, yeah, he killed his ten thousands as the songs went. But what would keep, just because he's a warrior, what would keep, why would that keep him from building the temple? And then I began thinking about who God's revealing himself to be here. Because Solomon is the one who gets to build the temple. And Solomon is a king of peace. He's not a warrior king. And it gives us glimpses into, into who God is. Yeah, God, God okayed a whole lot of fighting, a whole lot of battles. He gave blood as a symbol of forgiveness and everything else. But, but as you read through, through the Old Testament and Scripture, we also read much of God and shalom, God and peace. And we learn that God is a God of peace. That is his ultimate goal, is, is shalom and peace for his people, for us, but also for the entire world. One of Jesus' titles in Isaiah is Prince of Peace. As we look through the New Testament, we see more and more this idea of shalom and peace. We confess often in our prayers and when we come to God, we confess that, that God is our peace. God is our hope. God is our strength. God doesn't want to see us in battles all the time. And if we have to go into battle, it's always with the goal of coming to a place of peace and wholeness. So God chooses a king of peace to build his home as a sign of the kind of God he is. Oh, but that doesn't stop David. And David says, well, I can't build it, but I can gather everything for it. So he starts collecting gold and jewels and, and he starts collecting building material and everything else so that he says, I can't build it, but boy, I can do all the preparation stuff for it. And he starts collecting so that when Solomon gets on that throne, he doesn't have to waste any time in getting that temple going. And then I thought, wow, that sure sounds a whole lot like Paul and Corinthians. And, and Paul goes to the Corinthians, and, and first he chastises them. He says, oh man, you miserable people. You guys are fighting over who you're following. Some say I follow Paul. Some say I follow Apollos and, and, and Peter. And you guys are all messed up. You guys got it all wrong. Because we're all about the same thing. We're all about building the house of God, the people of God. And, and, and he goes on, you know what? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants 
through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So just like David gets the big picture and says, maybe I can't do the building, but I can gather all the stuff. Paul is saying the same thing here, saying, you know what? One of us plants, another waters, but, but it's God who's going to be building this, this huge thing, this, this building that we're going to call the church. And, and, and he's going to get his Holy Spirit involved. He's going to pour his Holy Spirit into it. That's what Pentecost is about. So that we have, we have the Spirit of God with us as, as a group, but also as individuals as well. And, and we are going to focus on, on building the church, the people of God. And we're going to go out into the world and build it far and wide. But you know what? The individuals who are doing it, they're all doing it together with the same goal. And they have Jesus as their cornerstone, as a foundation. And Paul goes in deeper into verse 16 saying, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? So it's not about prestige. It's not about honor. It's about humility and humbleness. It's about going to God and saying, at the beginning of 2022, God, we, we want to build your church. We want to build your people. And we're going to build on, on stuff that has already seeds have been planted years and years and years ago by different pastors and different leaders. And, and we're going we're gonna to water those. We're going to nurture those. And, and we pray that we see them grow in amazing ways. And, and we're going to look at new stuff that we're, we're planting and everything else. And, and we're going to water and nurture those things, things like discipleship and, and mentorship and small groups. And this week we have an executive meeting and, and all those of you who have signed up for for small groups. We're going to be working at putting together at least two small groups and, and, and contacting you and, and, and saying, hey, this is really cool. And, and for those of you who are part of uh, small groups already, we're going to say, hey, let's surround you with what you need. And, and, and I know we're in a kind of a strange time, so maybe you can't meet in homes, but we have a church here with all kinds of different places to meet, and, and, and we can make all these things. We're going we're gonna to water and we're going to nurture and we're going to keep our eyes open to see what God is doing in, in our community and in Bethel. And we're going to then say, how can we jump in? And we can't jump in on everything, but, but maybe we can support somebody else who is doing something and, and we can encourage them and bless them because, again, the building is not just us here in Bethel. The building is all those who are following Jesus in Lacombe and greater Lacombe. And all over the world, of course, but, but we're kind of here in this place right here, right now. And this is where we kind of focus in on. And it doesn't matter whether you're a child or you're a youth or you're, you're a young adult or you're an older adult or, you know what? God gives all of us the ability to plant and to water and to nurture. 
Sometimes we, we have opportunities with neighbors. Sometimes we do it together with others in the church for, for maybe something else. But, but we don't focus on, on, on who's doing it. We're saying, let's do it together. And let's give all the glory and all the honor to God because ultimately God gives us his spirit so that we're able to do this stuff. So as we move through and hopefully out of this pandemic in 2022, one of the main focuses from council is the importance on fellowship and relationship building ministries in Bethel. Just looking back over the last couple of years, we've kind of shrunk into ourselves a lot. It's more and more difficult to get the energy up to do the planting and watering and nourishing because we've been told to stay home, to stay away from others. And ultimately, ultimately what we're doing is we're investing. We're helping to grow people, not organizations, not buildings. And that means finding ways to come together. And this is why last year was focused on unity and on growing together and on coming together, on finding ways to always say, how can we be together? 2022 is now that the year where we say, and how can we help each other grow? How can I help you discover and then begin to release the potential that lies in each of you? And as we turn to each other, you know, that's the goal that we have. It's not about us becoming important or anything else, but it's always about how can I help you become who God's creating you to be? And how can we help our community become the community God wants it to be? And how can we help others come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? And that's why I love the beginning of the year because there is nothing holding us back except ourselves. And God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can't even use ourselves as an excuse to not move forward and to be excited about the potential that God has for us. So we'll place a high focus on prayer for Bethel, for our community, to kind of figure out the what and how of what Jesus is doing in building Bethel as a blessing to our city and and the people in our neighborhoods and lives. And we'll look for ways to invite them to join us as we follow Jesus, as we shape our lives and hearts on who Jesus is. Jesus builds the church through our faithfulness and obedience. So as we journey into the new year, may we commit ourselves to Jesus and who Jesus is calling us to be in 2022. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being the builder. Thank you for using us to be your tools, for giving us the Holy Spirit to be the power that, that, that gives us the ability to be who you've called us to be and to be your presence, both within Bethel but also within our community and wherever you lead us. So Lord, may we be faithful and obedient to you and may we keep turning to you in prayer and in worship so that we may be shaped 
by you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In response, let's sing together, Lead on, O King Eternal.